Hello and welcome to the Android Central Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, it is headphone earbud central. We are going to go over the new Sony WF-1000XM4 earbuds. We're going to talk about the new Jaybird Vista 2 and the Google Pixel Buds A-Series. We're also going to talk about Mobvoi's latest Wear OS watch and the controversy around updates because that is definitely going to be a thing over the next few weeks. We're going to talk about OnePlus integrating deeper with Oppo. This felt inevitable, but uh, what are the implications? And if we have time, we are going to talk a little bit about some Prime Day deals that we are looking forward to next week. So joining me on this adventure are Wagner. Welcome back. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. It's been raining a lot here in Florida, which is great, except I want to go take a nap right now. Yeah, I get that. I do. I love the, I love taking a nap when you can hear the rain outside. I love taking a nap. Period. You're not wrong, Jerry. Uh, that, that voice, that sultry voice is Jerry Hildenbrand. And I'm not from outer space, y'all. No, we, that's an inside we did some, joke. <laughs> we did some uh, technical technical uh intervention right before the show and we got it fixed so. you know what you couldn't Good see show. is i actually dabbed when i said i wasn't from outer space this time don't admit that hey no i'm bringing it back jerry what headphones are you using right now i know we talked about like we spent an entire episode a couple of weeks ago talking about headphones but uh drop are they the drop pandas i love these headphones. oh yeah i love those ones we actually should talk about that more because I got sent a pair. Michael Fisher sent me his drop pandas and I I have them plugged into uh a drop headphone amplifier and I'm I'm extremely yep. I, I love it. Although I, I still don't use them as much as I use my wireless headphones, but I, I don't use them. Uh, they're kind of like glued to my computer because I have a nice set of open backs that I use for music. Mm. And you know, that that wouldn't work during a podcast, but these are like the best closed headphones I've ever used. And they're surprisingly cheap for as good as they are. Yeah, I remember you got like an early sample of them a couple of years yeah. ago. I, was, I don't think I've ever been as jealous of anybody as I was. And then COVID hit and they said, well, we don't want them back because, you know, COVID, we can't be accepting things that have been on your body. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> It's like the science does not support that, but I support it. So yes. that's all good. Let's be real. They didn't want to pay for all the shipping. Maybe. Who cares? Whatever the case, we are grateful. Either way, I, I win. So I, I'm good. Your ears win. Yes. Um, all right, Ara. So on the smaller form factor side of things, we're going to talk about three very different earbuds this week. You just reviewed the Sony WF-1000XM4s. I, I don't think I'm out of step by saying these are the most anticipated earbuds of the year, like straight up, just maybe even the most anticipated headphones of the year. Like Sony's WF-1000XM3s sounded great. They had industry-leading ANC, but they were bulky. They were a little bit uncomfortable for some people. Sony spent a lot of time, two years, improving the design. They have their own proprietary chip in here for connectivity uh, and and efficiency. Walk us through your experience with these green beauties because they are green, right? No, and, they are not green. Oh, they look a little green. They look like 
whitish green. Maybe it was just the uh, white balance of the photos. Yeah, but, sorry. No, I got the, uh, they call it silver, but it's kind of like a, it's like pewter. It's between light gold and light silver. Because, yeah, I was like, hey, if, y- if y'all have the silver, I'll take that over the black. Because, I'm sorry, we have enough boring black earbuds in the world. So, give me color if you got it. Yeah. But uh, I've loved these. The ANC on these is just, it's straight magical. Like, I, I walked down... Main Street USA at the Magic Kingdom, and I was like, oh my god, I can barely hear anybody, and there's like a thousand people here right now, just crowded around me. Cool. I don't have to hear people again. This is wonderful. Yeah, walk us through the the whole experience. The so, unboxing, the, the ear tips, everything. So, unboxing it was pretty decent, except for the fact that I got these the day of the embargo, and... They uh, fast pair was brilliant, so I could pair them with my phone quickly. Google Assistant setup was almost instantaneous. But then when I went to connect them to the app, the app wouldn't recognize the headphones because they the app hadn't updated for me yet. So I eventually had to go to APK Mirror and get that updated. But it should be working now for everybody else. Um, so that was kind of frustrating. I wish that the um, I wish the touch controls on here were a little bit more granular customization wise because it's like okay you have three options and you have two ears so one of these you're not going to be able to use the touch controls for what are those options uh one of them is a and c modes and transparency that's also where the google assistant like long press to talk is and then you have uh media playback controls and then you have volume controls so i have the volume controls on my left ear and i have the playback controls on my right which means if i want to connect to assistant i have to say okay g which is fine because it's it it's, is it's always listening, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always listening, right? Yeah, it's always listening. Always. I mean, I always li- I just left A and C on anyway. Like, I I don't understand the people who want ambient noise unless you're like walking through super busy like urban streets. Like, if you live in New York and you need to make sure you don't get run over by a cyclist or a cab, fine. For the rest of us and the rest of the time. This is world-class A and C, and you're going to want it. So let's actually distinguish between what world-class A and C is like on an earbud versus a headphone. Because, Jerry, you know as well as anybody that uh, A and C is a very different experience when you've enclosed your ears, right? When you have an actual seal versus just sealing up the ear canal, which obviously uh, provides some passive... um, you know, noise canceling, but the active part is very different. So Ara, maybe give us your quant- qualitative, subjective ANC experience on this, maybe compared to some other earbuds you've tried. And Jerry, walk us through like the quantitative differences between the two styles. Yeah, I, I will say this is only the second pair of ANC earbuds that I have had, and I've had two active noise canceling over-ear headphones before. But this was by far the nicest active. These, this is the best active noise canceling I've ever had on headphones, period. But part of that is also just because I'm generally a bit of a cheapskate. Like I saw the $280 price tag and I like was like, I I get that it's worth the money. Then uh, the ANC and the sound quality here is absolutely worth the money in addition to the battery quality because, oh, my God, I only ran into the low battery warning once on these in a week of very heavy use, which was wonderful. Um. But for the ANC here, 
it it works magic, especially in like super loud places. Uh, my my gold standard for act for any kind of noise canceling is Big Thunder Mountain at the Magic Kingdom because the uh, the launch the first li- uh, lift hill is super duper noisy because you're enclosed, so all the clacking of the uh, rotors and whatnot it all just echoes inside this giant uh, and basically in this concrete tube, and it's just horrendous. And with these headphones, I didn't even have to put the volume above thirty five percent, and I just didn't hear the lift hill anymore. Because between the A and C and the music that I was playing, it was gone. And that's that's straight magic. Earbuds over ears, no matter what. If it if the A and C works good at, on a roller coaster, if it works well on a roller coaster, that's good A and C. Because A and C works, it's a tiny computer chip that decides based on the the temper, the or the the tempo and the the tones whether or not something is noise you know and and it works in tandem with microphones that aren't used for your voice and it finds all these sounds and it decides what's noise and what's not on on something like a roller coaster so many weird and crazy noises if it cut them all out i think that did a really good job yeah it because it was like it was cutting out the noise of the lift hill it was cutting out like the piped in noise of the bats the piped in noise of like things dripping in the cavern but i was just blissful quiet and a little bit of like punk rock so it was very good the only the only bad thing i have to say about the anc is that it cuts out the second you make any sort of a call like if i joined a google meet call if i answered a call on my phone it switched from uh it switches from anc to the ambient mode and i was just like why why are you making me listen to what's actually going on around me while i talk i i mean that's industry standard i actually find that if I think conversely, like if they left it on by default, I would be distracted by my own voice Probably. because A and C in tandem with the passive cancellation, it really amplifies your own voice in your head. And I don't know about you, but like right now, even when I'm talking with closed headphones to prevent the, you know, your, your voices from leaking into the microphone that's near my, my mouth, like I can hear myself uncomfortably loud and I don't want that experience when I'm wearing earbuds. So I actually think they made the right decision there, but I agree that it should be a, a it should toggle. be a setting as many yeah. settings as they have in that app. It should be an option. All right. So these are obviously not released in a vacuum. There are a lot of competitors. There's, I think the most notable would be the Bose quiet comfort Sound, earbuds. Yeah, comfort. Um, also $280 though. I think they're, you can buy them for 250 or so on sale. The galaxy buds pro are around $200. There are a bunch of competitors out there. Um, but you gave this five stars. You said that these are the best wireless earbuds for most people, certainly the best ANC earbuds for most people. Um, obviously if people are looking for if, if people are thinking about whether they should spend that extra 80 to to $100, what are the reasons that you would give them for splurging on these earbuds? Well, for one, the battery, because again, battery, I got, uh, I got six to eight hours on a single charge every single time. It wasn't like, okay, sometimes the ANC had to work harder, so I only got like three hours. Even with ANC on all the time, I got tremendous battery life. The sound quality... Sony, it it just sounds good. And the equalizer that Sony has allows you to properly tune things to your ears if you care about that. I just set it on the bright EQ mode and I was fine. 
Um, but I mean, the ANC is just, it's, it's noticeably better than the competition. And for ANC, it's a matter of, okay, if I can tune out some of the noise, that's fine. If I can tune out all of the noise, that's perfect. Because, like, even when I've had previous ANC things on, I would still, like, hear the people, like, having a loud conversation across the hall, uh, across the uh, pathway, or I would hear the people talking in front of or behind me. And most of that just immediately stopped when I put in the Sonys. And I don't want to beat the dead horse, but these are always listening, too. So if you say the OG, OKG word while noise canceling is on, it still works. That means it's working extra hard. Not just the the hit on the battery it takes from always listening and the hit it takes from using uh, ANC, but it has to be able to decipher that hot word out of everybody screaming. So that's impressive. Also, another thing on these that might set them apart, especially for people who have been like just getting blown away and lured by things like spatial audio on Apple, these have... Uh, Sony calls it 360 reality uh, reality audio support, but I didn't have any of the apps that support it, but more will be coming because um, for 360 reality uh, audio, it uh, it works with Amazon Music on the speaker, but it doesn't on the headphones right now. But I'm willing to bet that that's going to be coming in probably the next six months. So if spatial audio is something that you've been thinking, I might want to try like AirPods Pro in order to try that. Ideally, it'll be coming to the Sony in the near-ish future. You can get it right now if you're a title listener, which if you're paying 280 bucks for earbuds, you might actually be a title subscriber. Love yourself and don't use spatial audio on headphones. Just love yourself more than that. Oh, hang on a second, Mr. Hey, Purist. No, 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 hang no. Hang on no. a second, Mr. 2. Purist. 2.1 forever. Oh, my goodness. Okay, for headphones? So, can come we on. Just we can still use the LDAC, right, Jerry? You're okay with us using yes, that? Yes, that's just, you don't want surround sound with a set of headphones. Listen to it the way the producer wanted you to hear it. All right, hang on a second. We talked about this two weeks ago. Like, there are good and bad examples of remastering for spatial audio. Sure. Like, this is Dolby Atmos. So what the engineers are doing, I, I just listened to... Uh, so the, I, I watched and listened to a couple of podcasts and and um, v YouTube videos about about spatial audio, and there are a few really good examples that were highlighted with Apple Music. Now, what we have to say is that Apple Music is just rebroadcasting the Dolby Atmos remasters that are already available on Deezer and Tidal. So it's not like you're getting anything different. It's just that Apple is like marketing it, I guess, but. When a remaster is apparently done well, now I haven't heard a spatial audio uh, take on like, um, I think one of the examples was Nora Jones' um, Come Away With Me, her like really famous album from 2001. That apparently had a really impressive spatial audio remaster. And if this can take advantage of that if this 360 reality audio is just a rebranded version of being able to interpret Dolby Atmos signals, then sure, I'm all in. The other part of it is that, as Ara alluded to, these support LDAC. This is the first earbud that supports LDAC, which is a much higher mm -hmm. bandwidth codec. Is it the first? I don't know if it's the first Sony, but I, I thought... I thought we had a couple of other LDAC earbuds on the market already. Hmm. I don't know, Vinny. I think Daniel could be right here. 
And it, that's something that I pay attention to because Sony was generous enough to give it to Google and all of us for free. You're not wrong. Actually, I don't think you're wrong. I think a pair of one more earbuds may support LDAC, but these are definitely the most These will prominent. be the most well-known with it. Yeah. For sure. And the first Sony earbuds to support LDAC. Okay. Yes. I, and you know what, Daniel? I will back up. I, You're a child of the 80s, and my... <laughs> my my main point was, who do you trust more to provide you with the best sound, Jellybean Benitez or some faceless engineer at Sony? Right, but that's Sony's not changing. Their, it's this is separate from their like okay, DSE some, some faceless engineer at Dolby Labs. They're just no, 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 but they're not. That's not even it, right? They're just allowing these earbuds to interpret the Dolby Atmos remaster. So it's the engineers at the labels that are doing these remasters, right? I guess for newer music, maybe, probably, I don't know. It's almost like the difference between three, like there were some movies that were just given a 3D re-release but didn't actually have any alterations versus movies like, God forbid, Avatar that were (laughs) built with 3D in mind and as a result, it was a really impressive experience. I, I guess you can liken it to that. Uh, You're making but again, me think maybe. about the last time I saw a 3D movie in theaters now. And I want to say it's been like two and a half years. What was that really terrible one? It was like Gods and Monsters. Or, it was like, uh, it was a really bad Greek That, that really like, terrible. Oh, Clash of the Titans? The yeah. sequel to Clash of the Titans? Yeah. Didn't that get a 3D release and it was like awful? I, I don't know. I, I never watched the first one of those. 3D <laughs> release. The and memes awful. were enough. <laughs> My apologies for derailing rotten. this. <laughs> no, that's 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 okay. Jesus, twenty seven percent. It's worse than I even remember. <laughs> um. All right, and uh, ironically, Sam Worthington is in that movie too. So. <laughs> all right, let's um let's move on from the XM4s. Wait, there is one final thing I want to mention with the XM4s, and it's mostly because I am a girl and I have smaller ears. If you are somebody who you tend to need the smaller, uh, you need to, uh, you tend to need the smaller uh, tips for your earbuds. You tend to have smaller ears. There will be an adjustment period because while they did improve the fit on these, it's still one of those things of it's going to be bending certain portions of the cartilage in your ear while you're getting used to them. Are are they push in or screw in? Uh, they're screwing. Nice. Yeah. No, no, no. You're talking st- about the earbuds screwing onto the. The, the no, tips. no, I'm talking about pushing the earbuds pushing, in your ear. Yeah, you, you, you start to insert it and then you in. do, twist them back and forth. Yeah, yeah. straight pushing earbuds need to die. These are uh, sort of like foamy, right? So you can you can squeeze them and then they expand in your ear. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about it like in your ear canal. I mean like the actual, like I actually link to the part of the ear that it is and it's called the uh, tragus, which is this little, that little pointed portion on the in, uh, on your ear that's like next to the ear canal so like what the stem would be resting on if you have airpods that piece of your ear uh that part of your ear that little cartilage nub right there if you have smaller ears like i do just be aware there's probably going to be some discomfort the first couple of days whenever you take them out and maybe for a little bit afterwards because it's going to be okay you just bent that and now it's getting put uh, and it's getting used to the sensation tragus sounds like one of the Minor characters in that 3D Clash of the Titans movie. <laughs> Come for the review, stay for the biology lesson. Um, all right, I, I want to get 
to a couple others and then we can I actually didn't mention this at the beginning, but I do want to talk about Android 12 beta 2 as well in the show. So we'll get to that next, I think. But um, the Jabra Vista 2, Jaybird Vista 2 rather, these were, uh, I have a pair. They are the second generation version of one of my favorite workout earbuds. They are $200. They're very comfortable. They're fully waterproof. They um, are just ex- like they excel at a lot of things. But one thing J- Jaybird does really well is uh, they adapt the sound to you. They have a really intuitive app. And they're not, I don't think they're necessarily worth $200. I think you should probably wait for a discount, maybe $175, $150. Um, they're not a huge improvement over the first the, the first version, but there is A and C here now, which is great. They haven't really messed with the sound profile, which is good. The battery life is slightly better. They have built-in tile tracking in the case, which is nice, and the case still comes with that little loop if you want to attach it to a bag. Um, the case is a little bulkier than the norm than the norm uh, in the industry, but again, these are these are rugged, so the buds themselves are a little bit bigger. The button on the on the this is a physical button rather than gestures, and the button is now textured, which makes it really nice to push in. And yeah, I, I think this is a solid improvement. Also, one criticism that has been criticism over the first gen that has been improved here, the magnets that adhere the buds to the case have been completely overhauled. They are way stronger now, so the buds are not going to fall out. Uh, So that's the Jaybird Vista 2. Then I want to talk a little bit about these new Beats Studio buds. Now, none of us have used them because they didn't, not surprisingly, they didn't offer a review unit to an Android site. However, uh, from what I've read uh, from other sites, these are actually really Android friendly. They actually have quick pair support, which is remarkable. They also have a dedicated app, which you can use for EQ and firmware updates. And overall, you know, aside from like, hey, S, you get the same features across iOS and Android. They look pretty good, I think, if if you're into the kind of Beats pill aesthetic. Um, and they're like 180 bucks, which is, I'd say, pretty reasonable. No, they're 150 bucks, which is pretty reasonable, given that they have they have a bunch of features that you would not necessarily expect, um, but they. They, they do have ANC. Apparently, the ANC is not quite as good as it is on uh, an AirPods Pro, but the transparency mode is as good or better than the ones from the AirPods Pro. They don't have the sensor in it that would auto-pause and play your music, which is unfortunate. Uh, they don't have wireless charging, but the battery life is pretty decent. Um, I want to see if I forgot anything else. USB-C or Lightning? For the charging. It, oh, it's USB-C. That's no. another Android-friendly Yeah, I knew decision. that. That's, I just wanted to ask that so you would say it and we could go, yay! Yay. Yeah, <laughs> these are strangely Android-friendly given they're an Apple product. But... Um, I mean, I think Apple's just seen the writing on the wall there of if you want to sell wireless earbuds, they need, they need to be USB-C. Well, like yeah, straight why, up. Doesn't why? that... Not even just Android-friendly, just anything-friendly. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised to see AirPods move further into the more friendly for your Windows PC or your Android phone territory, even more than they are now. 
it sells more units. Does it? I, I think they're they're never going to switch the AirPods from Lightning. I think no, as long as the iPhone not. uses Lightning, the AirPods will use Lightning. But uh, outside of that, I can see them, you know, including, you know, an app for Android users or a Windows app. I, I can see that coming because Apple's not dumb. They know how to sell products. Yeah, I, I just don't know how much, like how independent Beats is in terms of like a department within Apple. So it could be that this was independently designed and didn't really get any get any help from the you know, AirPods team. Or it could have been that they made the decision to make it more broadly appealing to Android users because AirPods are the default choice for iPhone users. Like, who knows? So either way, I'm getting a pair. I'll talk about them when I get them. I'm, I think they're coming in next week. So Are they going to be red? No, I, I bought the black model because I, I don't like earbuds that just scream when you when you wear them and i figure i'd rather just go with subtle so but before we move away from air earbuds i want to say era does a fair share of reviewing earbuds i can tell she likes these more than any of the rest because if you look at the review she's got this huge shit-eating grin on her face while she's wearing them you know she's happy you know she likes them Dude, well, she they gave worked five on Big stars. Thunder. That is the highest appeal. <sighs> that is the highest praise I can receive. Uh, I can give a set of earbuds. But that, you know, they say photos are worth a thousand words. There it is, right there with that just smile, big huge smile. I mean, I'm also reviewing headphones at Walt Disney World. I mean, life doesn't get much better than that. Speaking of life, doesn't get much better. Um, before we go to a break, I do want to talk about these Pixel Buds A series. So. I've had them now for two weeks, and the official the, the official reason I'm going to give you for not having reviewed them yet is that I wanted to see if any of the connectivity problems that plagued the first-gen Pixel Buds or like the first, I guess the second-gen or the first-gen true wireless Pixel Buds cropped up here. Um, I've been wearing these daily for two weeks, more than two weeks. They have been completely rock solid, not a single dropout. I've been using them with my with a, a Pixel 5 running Android 12. I've used them on an iPhone. I've used them connected to my Mac. They are rock solid. I am really impressed. I'm impressed with the fact that they do everything I want other than ANC and wireless charging for 99 bucks. And I can even forgive the lack of ANC and wireless charging. They are incredibly comfortable. This, Like the Pixel 3a and 4a series, this is a total win for me. They're getting four and a half out of five stars when the review gets written, which will happen eventually. But, okay, so uh, somebody like, I can hear wireless or ANC. I hear that that hiss. Uh, they, they say some people can, some people can't, whatever. I hear it. I hate it. Drives me crazy. I want earbuds without ANC. You're telling me those are the ones I should buy. Some earbuds are tuned to sound proper or better with ANC turned on. So you'll never find an earbud where you can't turn on turn off ANC. Right. But for ANC on some, there is a hiss. And for ANC on some, there isn't. The ANC on the Sonys, there isn't. Because I noticed that too. And yeah, the hissing annoys me sometimes, Jerry. You know what annoys me no more? The sound of actual people being <laughs> around me. But see, I, I can hear the hiss on a pair of Bose $500 over ears. Uh, it's just something that I can hear. Maybe it's in my head, whatever. I don't want to pay for ANC because I'll always leave it off. So the 
the Pixel Buds. What are they? Pixel A Buds A Buds Buds Pixel A. Pixel Buds A, a series. A. Th- those are probably ones I should look at for ninety nine bucks. That's what you're telling me. They sound good. They do everything good. They don't yeah, drop basically. connection. Cool. They're excellent. They're definitely worth the the hundred bucks. I I lost one of my earbuds, so I've got to do something. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and we will come back and talk about Android 12 Beta 2 along with a couple of other newsy items. So stay tuned. This episode of the Android Central Podcast is brought to you by Codecademy. There's never been a better time to become a programmer. And with Codecademy, you can learn to code on your own terms. Whether you're starting from scratch or looking to advance, Codecademy can help you reach your coding goals. Learning to code might be the easiest way to change your career, especially when you learn with Codecademy. Simply put, Codecademy is the best way to learn code online. They not only teach you job-ready coding skills, but also help you build unique projects for your portfolio, earn certificates, and even prep for technical interviews. I've actually used Codecademy to brush up on my CSS and HTML skills, and to remind myself that I actually once used to know SQL, and it's a really intuitive and easy tool to use. So get qualified for in-demand jobs in as little as two months, learn at your own pace and your own level, and you choose what you learn from building websites to analyzing data and everything else you could want. And no matter what your experience level, you'll be writing real working code in minutes in languages like Python, HTML, CSS, SQL, JavaScript, and more. Not sure where to begin? Codecademy will point you in the right direction and provide instant feedback with code testing so you know you're on the right track. Join the millions of people learning to code with Codecademy and see where coding can take you. Get 15% off your Codecademy Pro membership when you go to codecademy.com and use promo code ANDROID. That's right, promo code ANDROID at codecademy.com to get 15% off Codecademy Pro. The best way to learn to code. C-O-D-E-C-A-D-E-M-Y dot com, promo code ANDROID. All right, so Jerry, are you using Beta 2 on your Pixel? Yeah, when my... Pixel 4 works, I am. Okay. It, from what I've seen, for because it did work for a couple days, I've got battery issues, and believe it or not, if you beat the phone really hard on your desk, you can make it work for a while. I, I don't that recommend slack anybody. thread made me so uncomfortable. I don't, I don't recommend anybody do Not that. recommended. Yeah. But uh, it's more solid than I expected, especially with how poor the early developer previews were on the Pixel 4. But I don't, I haven't used it enough to be able to tell you how much I like the features. The new feature I love is the theming, but we aren't getting the actual controls for that new theming system until next month. So all you can do is just set a wallpaper and pray that it takes the right color. Yeah, I mean, I think so far, even these minor updates, um, to Monet, like the implementation of Monet, which is their theming engine that they're they're calling it internally. Just the fact that you're getting like a little glimpse of it right now is is appreciated. We've seen screenshots of uh, subsequent betas where you can actually decide what the primary 
and secondary colors will be and apply them so that like you have a wallpaper that is equal parts, you know, pink and purple and green or whatever, you'll be able to choose the primary color that then gets interpreted and deposited on your quick settings and and Gboard. That's useful. Because I, I, that's I, coming in subsequent betas. Yeah. But I, I was not impressed with the colors it chose for the different wallpapers I picked. Not not at all. So that's a very useful addition. Right now I think it actually will will cycle. So like if you restart your phone, oh. you'll get a different highlight color mm, oh, with the same how wallpaper. Vibrant your wallpaper See, is. I can't shut mine off. So I don't know about recycling and restarting. I can't shut my Pixel 4 off. I will say I'm not a huge fan of the new power button menu also because oh, like just it. that was the e- but I was somebody who I used Google Pay from the power menu. Then just swipe that finger down. I I I want my power menu to be simple. Maybe that's just me. I I I only hit the power button for one reason and that's to restart my phone so it you need a pin that way if the cops I see the lights in my rear view mirror i can just bam and nobody can get in i mean chris lacy who was on the show last week he tweeted about this yesterday and he wrote as of android 12 beta 2 one swipe to the notification panel no longer displays battery percentage date one tap wi-fi toggle system settings icon or brightness slider so that's because now that we're seeing the first inklings of material you implemented in android 12 you just get the four quick settings buttons, the really big ones that are now the unified internet button, Bluetooth, your but wallet. But you can change those quick settings. You pick what the top four are. You you can you can pick sorry, you're right. I I, I should have mentioned you can you can change which ones show up. But regardless, you only see four of them. You cannot yeah, make them I think smaller. That was the point. And really like I get it. I understand that the um the, the lower density of what you're seeing, the simplification of this is meant to make Android more accessible to people, but in turn is making it less power user friendly. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying is that there should be ways to densify your quick settings menu or make these changes, especially as Android is making it more customizable from an aesthetic perspective, right? Material U is all about you designing Android to fit how you use your phone, that should apply not just to the visuals, but to the actual way that you use your phone. And is Lacey saying that even if you were to build your own custom home launcher application, you can't change any of that? Well, that's not part of the launcher. It's part of the quick settings and nothing can change. Well, I shouldn't say nothing. Nothing without, uh, nothing without rooting your phone will change the quick settings Mm. layout. Hmm, because Google was moving towards giving more APIs to to interact with that kind of stuff at one point. Now it sounds like they've pulled back. I mean, you can still there are APIs for adding a, for adding an option for quick settings. Like there there are apps that I have installed that it's like, oh hey, we have a quick setting for this live wallpaper. If you want to be able to just cycle through them, and I'm like, I don't know why I'd want a quick setting for that, but okay. So those those kinds of APIs we are still got. It's yeah, just a matter I mean, of they the ones can't like change their placement and their size and yeah. I mean that's they... system UI. Like that. The thing is that the OEMs have access to that, right? Of course, that's right. not th- those are private APIs that Samsung can change, but developers cannot that's make not, changes to system UI unless you have Google. root. 
That's not good at all, Google. So don't do that. I, I sort of agree with him. At the same time, I really like some of these changes. For instance, the unified Wi-Fi mobile data toggle makes sense to me. You you tap it, and then you get an overlay that lets you quickly connect to a Wi-Fi SSID, or you could disable or re-enable 5G, for instance, um, and then hold. You know, then go. You can quickly go into settings. These decisions make sense to me. Um, but I agree as well that the that the de-densification makes, especially the fact that you can't hold down the power button to access things like wallet or home anymore, means that you're every single time you're either swiping once and then again to go to your device controls, unless you want that as one of your four quick settings buttons. So, like, you have to make these decisions about what your priorities are because one swipe only gives you access to four, whereas previously you got so many more. Yeah, and it's uh, earlier I said I like it. I, I, I swipe down. That's because I have my home controls up there in one of those four slots. I can see the point where people say they don't like it, and it's unfortunate that Google isn't giving third-party developers a way to add a little more customization there. Other things that debuted in... Beta 2 were the new privacy dashboard and the toggles to disable yeah, microphone yeah, yeah. and camera on a system level. Jerry, walk us through the um, the, the privacy dashboard, what it gives us right now, and, and what you th- you said it was a good start. What did you mean by that? It's, well, I, I if you, you probably, if you're listening, you never used a, a BlackBerry that ran Android, but they used to have this thing in there called DTEC. Hopefully. Yeah, and it... It gave you this little, like a gas gauge of how secure your phone was, and it would give you reasons of why BlackBerry didn't think it was secure, and that was it. What the new privacy dashboard does is it breaks down, rather than just give you a score, it tells you you know tips that you could be improved. This, these devices were, you know, your, your location was accessed for you know, this amount of time you can tap, you can see what apps accessed your location and you can tap through and revoke that permission. That's, that's a really good start. What it's missing is an explanation that of why an app might need to access your location. And everybody knows that Google maps needs to access your location. That's fine. But you know, that target app you have installed or the Starbucks app you have installed, it works much better if it accesses your location. Uh, and if Google doesn't want to explain that, let develop give developers a place to explain it in the settings. When I go look at, you know, the, the Starbucks app in the settings and see all the details of the Starbucks app, why can't there be a little box for the people who built the Starbucks app to tell me that by allowing access to your location, we can, you know, better serve you when you're in close proximity of one of our, you know, 12 bazillion retail stores. Because that's what that new section in the Google Play Store is for. Yes, but I'm not going to go to the Google Play Store when I want to know why the Starbucks app needs access to my location. I am going to push that button and see that it accessed it. It's Google is always really good with features and not so good when it comes to communication. This is no different. The The Android permission system is very convoluted unless you're familiar with 
the user group model. I happen to be, you know, familiar with that because I'm a dummy and use Linux on my PC at home. Most people aren't. They don't understand why these permissions, why does this app need to access my SD card? I don't want it to look at my photos. Well, there's usually a very good reason, and Google does nothing to explain that. Now they've given you a tool that helps point out offenders. Some of those apps aren't really offenders. They're doing things you want them to do, and that's where I need to see Google step up and communicate a little bit more. That makes sense. Like differentiate between the apps themselves and not just the the yes. permissions. Yes. I mean, the breaking it down by you know, critical permissions is great. You know, an app used your camera, an app used your microphone, an app used your location. That's that's great. That's awesome. Those are things we need to know because those are ways that not only can you be tracked, but you can be stalked. Th- those, those are real-time permissions that you just don't want any app to have access to. That's great. Telling us that these apps are doing that is awesome. Some of those apps may need to do that, or you may want them to do that. And there's no explanation of any kind there. And Google just needs to be, you know, they they know it. They know exactly why. So why don't they tell us a little bit why? Or or give the developers a chance to tell us without, like Era said, digging through the Play Store. And that would just make it perfect. And that's why I can't say it's perfect yet. I do think that this is, I mean, obviously Google always simply add a, they add a feature in its simplest form in the first platform update, and then we'll iterate right. on it subsequently. So that makes sense. I mean, digital well-being, while not a super important setting, has seen a ton of updates of the last yes. couple of platform And, and a lot updates. of them are, are along that same vein where they, Explain how they're helping you or how this might help you or this is why you want to spend less time on your phone or here's why you want to take the blue out. Those little touches made digital well-being 100% better. And that's what I want to see for the privacy dashboard. All right. Well, I've been using it on my daily driver for a couple of weeks now, and it's been rock solid. Um, I mean, not rock solid. Like there are beta bugs, but nothing show-stopping. I've just been really loving using my Pixel 5 again, aside from the vibration motor, which is somehow (laughs) getting worse over time. Um, Maybe got loose inside the chassis a little bit, but it's like super buzzy and way worse than any of the previous Pixel generations. So F you Google for that one. But um, everything else seems to be doing pretty well. All right, let's talk about the... I, I don't really want to talk about the TickWatch E3 other than to say... It's a $200 Wear OS watch that has a Snapdragon Wear 4100. If you want, you can go read our w- review. And Chris Woodell did a great job on it. You can read Mr. watch Mr. Mobile's video on it. He runs through the pros and cons. I think the more interesting thing is a quote that Qualcomm gave XDA yesterday. They confirmed it to us about how their silicon is, quote, capable of running the new Wear OS 3.0 that was announced during Google I.O. in May, but Google has since come out and said that no decisions have made around uh, retroactive compatibility. So Ara, I I don't really know if there's much else to say about this other than we'll just have to wait and see. Well, 
One second, I'm sending y'all something if I can copy link. Um, oh snap! There was a quote that Google gave to who was this? Droid Life, like sometime in the last hour, I think. And live breaking they, news here, folks. Yeah, live breaking news here. But basically, uh, Google saying we have not certified the new Wear OS for any hardware. There's a lot of different. Let me just read the quote. Let me go back to the article. Boom goes the dynamite. User experience is a top priority for us. We have not confirmed eligibility or timeline on whether any Wear OS smartwatch will update to the new unified platform. There are many technical requirements in order to run the unified platform that ensures all components of the user experience are optimized. So basically, that's Google telling Qualcomm to slow its roll a little bit and not get people's hopes up, which I'm fine with because I'd rather us have watches with a good experience than them saying, okay, these watches are going to get it, but it's going to be an inferior experience. Google wants a clean break here, it seems. That's the right attitude. I mean, my I, I can shoehorn Android 10 on my T-Mobile G1, so technically it's capable. But, oh, my God, I don't want to use it. Uh. Google is, this is the right attitude. Google does not want to piss off every current Wear OS customer and say, hey, we're sorry, but none of y'all's watches are getting updated. But more importantly, Google wants the new Wear OS watches to work more like they envisioned the new platform would work. Well, but more importantly, they want all watches that run the new platform to run it equally well. Or at least to run it in, in the best possible way. And that means that some current watches are technically powerful enough to do this, but they still might not have a good experience. If they're not going to have a good experience, I don't think Google is going to let them be updated. And from everything I've read, they typical Google, they're leaning a lot on smaller coprocessors rather than pushing all the load to the main CPU. Uh, the Qualcomm 4100 is... I'm I'm sure it's technically capable of doing all of this, but maybe at the expense of battery life, because maybe it doesn't have the the robust coprocessor support that Google's looking for. So it has to keep a main thread awake on the 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 CPU, and it means you're going to be charging your watch every night instead of every other night. And these are the kind of things Google has to take control of if they want Wear OS to succeed. I also think. The messaging around the unified platform was not just about Samsung, right? Right. But the fact is, like, Samsung came out and said none of its existing products would be updated to the new Wear OS. That, I think, is is important. Which is fine, because they weren't running Wear OS. All these other watches are. But is this Wear OS in the same way, right? We don't know how much of the existing code is being reused. Right. Because... It could have been that they wiped it clean and that it's neither Tizen nor existing Wear OS, or it's that they built some Wear OS, built some Tizen-like features into the existing code base. But it's more likely that much of it was scrapped. I mean, they're talking about not reusing the health APIs. They're talking about reproducing. I mean, think about what happened. This is kind of an out there idea, but think about what happened with the Nest Hub being updated to run Fuchsia versus CastOS, right? Visually, it's identical, but under the hood, it's a completely different operating system with a completely different code base. Google likely wants some visual continuity with Wear OS because existing users, it shouldn't be completely unfamiliar to them. Right. But 
it's in their best interest to completely wipe the code base and start from scratch because we know how inefficient the code was. We know that it was built to run on what what amounts to a Qualcomm Snapdragon 400 level SoC. Most Wear OS watches today run on a SoC that debuted in 2013. And that's not good for legacy support. And I would probably support Google's decision to cut off anything but the Wear but the Snapdragon Wear 4100, which right now is only on, on two, two smartwatches, right? And no fossil watches. I would go a step further, and if the 4100 doesn't tick every single box, cut it off too. Qualcomm can do this. There's no question. Maybe they'll make a 4200 that works exactly the way Google wants it to. I just think it's really important that Google says, okay, here is our line in the sand. Everywhere OS watch built after this date is going to be able to do this and do this well. Well, it's also not just about the processors, because when you mentioned like they're going to be the new health APIs, there's going to be new health coding. Considering that Fitbit is going to run on all of these watches, basically, I'm willing to bet they're going to be stricter about how any the health sensors, what quality any of the health sensors in these watches are. That's entirely possible. Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Because Fitbit has always been like a certain standard of because, I mean, that's the also like if you have a insurance uh, for a lot of health insurance companies like, oh, if you do 10,000 steps a day, you can get X number off on your uh, on your deductible. But it has to be a Fitbit watch or a step counter, whatever. Google was very, very careful to make sure they talked about a, the unified wear platform, which yeah, means the hardware not even and the wear software. OS. Right. I mean, the only the only references to Wear OS came from support people working at Mobvoi, and we know how unreliable it is to take, you know, like as definitive something that you see in a chat with a with a CSR that makes fifteen bucks an hour. And I would really just like caution anybody to expect anything different. This is on the one hand Google rebuking publicly primary Wear OS hardware partner in Qualcomm. And I think it's important for us to interpret that as Google is not happy with the state of Qualcomm Silicon, right? It just isn't. It can't be. Qualcomm has not put in the effort to maintaining its Wear compatible hardware as it has on its phones, right? For the purposes, yep. Qualcomm has ignored wearables. And the fact that it took this long to even release something akin to the Snapdragon Wear 4100, which is still barely efficient enough to run on a wearable compared to something like the S5 or 6 on the Apple Watch. It's it's just, it's kind of laughable. So the fact that we know, well not know, but like we can make an educated guess that Google's GS101 will be put inside the, Wear, the, the upcoming Pixel Watch in some form. If it's not called the 101, it'll be the, you know, Google GSW 101, the Google Silicon wearable, whatever. But like, one can assume that Google will not want Qualcomm just building turnkey hardware for its new Wear OS platform, because that is not how it wants to maintain quality control for a platform that it literally just wiped off the planet and and started from scratch on. 
It's also one of those things of part of the reason that Google collaborated with Samsung is Samsung actually made wearable hardware that's that, that works. It's pretty darn good. And I wouldn't be surprised if Google has some sort of agreement with Samsung in order to be like, hey, we want you to uh, I want you we want you to sell that hardware to other manufacturers, not just use it in your own. Oh, Samsung's already announced that that's, you know, they're going to be partnering with other manufacturers for their wearable chipsets. I mean, that's that's there's no question here. Samsung. And that means that Qualcomm is actually going to have to get off its ass and work yeah. at this because they have competition now and Samsung will absolutely eat their lunch. Samsung already has a lot of lead room there. I know if you just spent $300 on a Wear OS watch, you're probably thinking, man, Jerry, you're just so stupid. You need to shut up. But I, the day before Google announced Wear OS, we had a briefing with Samsung, and I was given that Samsung Galaxy Wear, is that what it was called? The the first one? and uh, got, Gear Live? Gear Live, yeah. Got to play with it that night, had it. I was there for the very beginning of this platform and saw the potential and saw the excitement and I have seen it just wither and die and every new idea just failed to work that I want to see a complete reboot and 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 have it live up to that potential that it that it used to you know try to do. I I really want to see Wear OS become something that is is useful for everybody not just oh there's one feature i really like no just as as an entire platform it's great and it's something that everybody's gonna want i want to see that i'm sure we will it's just it's not going to be in the form that i think a lot of people expect and i don't think qualcomm is going to be in in the picture very much at least i honestly i i respect qualcomm's uh r&d when it comes to phones and i think you know, the company does a pretty good job with other platforms. Wear OS has been an unmitigated failure, and yeah. it's partly because of Qualcomm. It's sort of like the Intel discussion with Mac um, Mac laptops, right? M- Apple reached a point where the Intel laptop silicon roadmap just did not match up with the hardware ambitions that the company had. And I think the same thing happened here. Google just got fed up and didn't want to take Qualcomm shit. And uh, needed to work with a company like Samsung that had a proven track record in making silicon and and software work well together on a wearable. Yep. So there we go. That's it. Okay. Um, I I do want to talk a little bit about this OnePlus integration with Oppo. Uh, I'll give you sort of precursor to this. So we've been hearing rumblings internally that over the last few months. Qualcomm, Qualcomm, OnePlus has been working more closely with BBK co-brand slash parent. We don't really know the relationship, except we do. Well, we, we didn't, but we know now, uh, Oppo. And we had heard rumors that one that Oxygen OS 12, based on Android 12, would actually be built alongside Color OS 12, meaning that it would be a unified version with slight aesthetic tweaks. So yesterday, which is Wednesday, June 16th, um, OnePlus CEO posted on the forum about how OnePlus has grown over the last eight years. Uh, I'll, I'll read a bit of this verbatim. In the premium category, we have been widely recognized in the industry for the quality of our products and the ability to outperform other brands with significantly larger budgets. 
And among tech enthusiasts like many of you, we've built a large and highly engaged community with a focus on openness and co-creation. Now we're at a turning point for the future of OnePlus. As we've begun growing our product portfolio, we're able to give you more choices than ever before. True to our never settle spirit, we want to continue giving you the highest quality OnePlus experience possible. And to do that, we must adapt as a team. As many of you know, last year I took on additional responsibilities to oversee product strategy for both OnePlus and Oppo. Since then, we've integrated a number of our teams together with Oppo to better streamline our operations and capitalize on additional shared resources. After seeing positive impact from these changes, we've decided to further integrate our organization with Oppo. So what does that mean? And I'm this uh, end quote. Basically, OnePlus, the brand will operate independently. The marketing, the PR, that'll all still be independent. And, we'll, and they'll continue to launch OnePlus products, OnePlus events, et cetera. But what they're essentially doing is integrating the backend resources, the development of the phones, the R&D. I think that's actually just lip service because they've been doing this for years already, just not publicly. But we know that OnePlus has really been focusing on, on like improving core aspects of its phone experience, such as the camera. They've dedicated testing labs I believe that they're now going to be sharing those labs with Oppo and vice versa. Some labs that were closed off to OnePlus before will now be available. What I've heard from Harish, and I'm sure he can corroborate this, is that this really is not new. It's just something that is being publicized now. And that because Pete Lau has been taking a, a more um, like public-facing integrative role within both OnePlus and Oppo, they felt like right now was the time to announce this. It's not necessarily going to be that Oppo, it's OnePlus is like a subsidiary of Oppo, but I do think that from a software perspective, there will be a lot more similar than similarities and differences between Oxygen OS and Color OS. So long as their updates stop breaking phones as much as they have in the last year, because OnePlus updates have gotten bad. Yeah, and they just launched another phone uh, yesterday the OnePlus Nord N200 5G. Huh, what a mouthful. And that'll be a North America exclusive. It's coming to T-Mobile. It's going to be $240. It has a Snapdragon 480 5G support. Um, decent little phone. OnePlus isn't necessarily a subsidiary of Oppo, but they totally are a subsidiary Yeah, I was going to say, they're, we're, they're finally <laughs> saying the quiet part out loud. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> the quiet part out loud. That's a good one. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say about that. OnePlus has really they well, the OnePlus Nine series did not impress me. Like, I I will be honest, I've tried to use this as my daily driver. I have not enjoyed the experience. I don't like the camera hardware on it. I don't like. I like the performance, but I liked the performance on the OnePlus Seven Pro and the OnePlus Eight Pro. Um, I don't like the design of the OnePlus Nine Pro. I think the curved edges make it really difficult to type. Um, I think the glossy, I didn't I, I didn't get the green color, which I would have liked, but the glossy silver color is just kind of gross. And uh, I don't know, it's just, I, I, I don't like this but generation. Couldn't you have bought that sweet Cyberpunk 2077 edition? I have it. I have, I have the case, not the Cyberpunk case. I have their like weird Cybertron case or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, just, I, don't, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, OnePlus fix its software 
update cadence because it can't really get much worse. Uh, you know what I am looking forward to with more BBK injected into the mix? Is OnePlus going to be able to compete at any level with Samsung in that $200 phone market? That's what I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm doubtful, but it's always exciting to hope. Look, I mean, a $240 phone with 5G with like decent specs, that's already competing pretty well with Samsung. Yes, mm -hmm. but I'm in on the sales numbers. Oh, I see. Yeah, I, I don't know. Probably not, but it is. It'll the take only... like a year and a half for us to see any kind of change in the uh, units sold, unless there's just going to be like a major media blitz. But OnePlus is known here. They're not that well known. And that's what has to change. Yep. And BBK ain't going to help with that. So we have, um, I have a source at a an analytics firm that sends me internal data sometimes. And one of the things that I learned was the OnePlus Nord N10 5G, so the $400 Snapdragon 7... 750, 670, I don't know. One of the, like the their, their previous 5G budget phone that I didn't really like very much, but um, it sold pretty well at T-Mobile. Apparently it sold well enough that T-Mobile decided to re-up on the That's budget good. OnePlus. That's and good. I, I agree, it is good. I mean, if Samsung has no competition, they won't keep working really hard. So, yeah. good news. Sorry, it was a $300 Nord N10 5G, not $400. I can't keep the budget straight. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and we will come back and uh, talk a little bit about our Prime Day prep and what's making us happy. So stick around. This episode of the Android Central Podcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients, and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. Enjoy a wide variety of easy, delicious options for all three meals a day, plus every snack and special treat in between with HelloFresh Market. I've actually tried HelloFresh a couple of times. It is a really good service, especially for somebody who has a young kid who gets home from daycare and wants to eat right away. We don't always have time to prepare all the ingredients. You just open up the HelloFresh pack and it's ready to go. You cook it. It's really easy. And these recipes are delicious. And I highly recommend you try them. So if you do want to try it, you go to hellofresh.com slash 12ACP and use code 12ACP for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's hellofresh.com slash 12ACP code 12ACP for 12 free meals. All right, so Ara, uh, yesterday or today, actually, as we're recording, Ju June seventeenth, Google is launching its it's opening its first hardware store in 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 uh, I think it's in Manhattan in in New York. Uh, our friend Hayato, who now works with MKBHD, he went there. He took some photos. Looks kind of cool. I don't know. Seems seems like an interesting experiment. It really reminds me 
if if anybody lived in one of the markets where Google built a Google store inside of Best Buy, yes, it looks really, really similar to that, and it's just on a much bigger scale. And I think it's kind of cool. I want them to open one up in D.C. I'm not a big fan of that, like, black cable running through the entire store. Because that looks weird, but the rest of it looks fine. Yeah, it's very designy. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's a good look. I'm not going to lie. It, it, it's a fresh, clean. There's a lot of Instagram opportunity, I think. There you go. No, nah, you need more colors on the walls if you want Instagram ability here. I don't know. I mean, the the Visco girls don't don't mind. I, I I think it's I think it's nice. I think it's I like. I think the it's a good look. Walk in, get your stuff repaired. That's that's been a thorn in Google's side forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, get a you know twenty five stores throughout the country, and now you're starting to at least attempt to fix that. Yeah, I, I'm. I have no doubt that this is going to be the first of many hard like hardware stores yeah. uh, that they open. I don't I don't see Google opening like tons of them. I'm willing to bet there'll be one in I'm willing to bet there'll be like 20 stores in the US. That's a lot. I, yeah, I, I mean, that's that's more than No, it isn't. That isn't even one per state. No, but 20 stores throughout the US is one day shipping for every single person that lives in this country. Think about mm-hmm. it. If your phone is broken, one day to ship it there, one day to fix it, one day to ship it back instead eh. of you waiting 3 weeks or trusting Google to put a hold on your credit card for a brand new phone. But when you ship something in to get repaired, it's still not going to go to these stores. It's still going to go to a contractor. No, they're they've got they're working in this store. Yeah, they, they for the re- people who walk in there. But there's no reason to not do repairs through the mail in this store. I'm I'm willing to bet they're going to be fill up on repairs just people walking in. Maybe, but they they can partner with these you know subcontractors that fix the phones and have them actually work out of the stores. Yeah, I mean they they've already been working with Ubreak I fix for so many years. Yep. Ubreak I fix is everywhere. So, I think this is just another vector. It's a way for not only people to bring in their their broken phones, but for people to realize that Google owns Nest and that they have a whole bunch they have a uh, you know Stadia I I guess. Hey, um, no, that, I think that's a I think that's probably the biggest deal for Google because we all know Stadia exists. Most people listening probably know Stadia exists. But just walk outside, go 10 houses down, knock on the door and say, hi, I'm here to talk to you about our Lord and Savior Stadia. And people are going to have no clue what you're talking about. So maybe somebody wanders in the store and says, hey, you mean I can play these AAA quality video games on any laptop? Cool. You know, that, that that's a big deal. To help get the word out, if nothing else. And then they're going to ask, uh, you know, can I play Halo Infinite or uh, Starfield or anything like that? And they're going to, oh, no, 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 that you need Xbox Game Pass for, which is also coming to any browser that you want very soon. So uh, just do that. You, you don't want to play Starfield anyway if you have a laptop because, you know, you have 104 keys and it was built for six. <laughs> We'll I've see. been through that. I'm tired of that. When's the release date on that? Like November 2022? It's Bethesda, so that means 2029. Yeah. No, nah, they're owned by Microsoft now. They'll they'll keep deadlines a little bit better. We'll see. Yeah. Um, 
All right, we'll talk. Let's just talk quickly about Prime Day. Uh, that's one thing that we've been preparing for quite a bit. There are a bunch of pretty good deals coming. Um, Ara has been kind of rounding up the Chromebook stuff. I've been rounding up the wireless earbud stuff. There's a few. So by the time you hear this, I think you'll probably hear this on the weekend. Um, Prime Day is Monday, Tuesday, the 21st and 22nd of June. And uh, yeah, just stick around on Android Central for a lot of deal content. Uh, we will be, we don't, we're not publishing everything. Obviously there are thousands, but I think we've been pretty good about curating the best ones. So if you are interested in picking something up, check us out. I've been rounding up the uh, Yamaha XLR audio mixer deals. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have been. I think I think Mono Price has something more in, in, uh, in that price range. And I thought you loved me. I do love you. <laughs> My you just don't love, love me you. Yamaha level. Um, we learned yesterday that Rav Power, one of the other popular accessory manufacturers, um, along with Aki and Empow have been kicked out of good the uh, out of Amazon's store because they were soliciting reviews from influencers and and buyers uh, in exchange for like credits and discounts and, and a whole bunch of stuff those fake reviews are crap even the Senate judiciary had something to say about counterfeit items and fake reviews Amazon kick them all out. This is more than a slap on the wrist, especially right before Prime Day. You kick them out. When they come back, they won't include those little cards in the box that say, leave a good review to get a special pack from us with love and all this other garbage. That's that's not necessary. Rav Power makes great stuff. They don't need to beg you to leave a five-star review. Kick them out. Well, they do because Amazon controls who, which products get seen. Yeah, that's the thing. Amazon has created this endemic need for, oh, we need reviews. We need reviews. It's like, guys, just make a good product. Seriously, make a good product. You don't have to market. You don't have to do all of this keywording crap in the title. Make a good charger and make sure that the right people see it. That's it. I can see Daniel's point, though, that without all those five-star reviews, the right people aren't going to see it. Yeah, and the I, algorithm I is so geared towards we want you to we want to show things that have been bought a lot on Amazon and things that have been reviewed a lot on Amazon. And that's why all these companies are like we we need reviews, just straight up we need Amazon reviews. The 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 companies that have been punished all make really good products that I recommend that I use and it would infuriate me to see and you you two know what I'm talking about the little card in the box when you buy a cable that tells you how to leave a five-star review and then publish this on Twitter and we'll send you an appreciation pack. That that's, that's bullshit. Don't do it. That's that's not right. Jerry, every set of bed sheets and yoga pants that I buy on Amazon has that in it too. That's not limited to tech, but the tech tech is what's getting noticed. That's what I'm going to complain about. Kick them all out. Kick, kick your yoga pants out, whatever, kick them all out. And it can just be Amazon Basics products. That's what Bezos wants anyway. Uh, he wants to go to space, so I don't think he cares very much anymore. He's not the mm. CEO for very much longer. That's right. I just hope his ex-wife still keeps making money so she can donate it. That was kind of awesome. I don't think she's going to run out of money to donate. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure she gets quarterly income from the Amazon 
corporation. She's got a lot of stock. Yeah. I was going to say oh. dividends alone if Amazon does dividends. I don't think Amazon does dividends. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Just anyway, let's make sure she keeps making money because she does good things with it. All right. Let's uh, let's end there. Uh, let's talk about um, what's making us happy this week. So, Jerry, I will start with you. What is making you happy? Uh, I just I, I bought a book and I'm not the whole way through it. It's by Neil Asher and it's called Jack Four. Uh, it's based on a universe that he has created in some of his other books, but this is a standalone novel and I can't give away the whole plot because like I said, I'm not the whole way through, but anyway, it's about human clones are bred to be sold as slaves. And that's what hooked me. I'm like, wow, that's really dark. Let, let's read this. But one of these slaves somehow has was came out of the cloning vet with, all this knowledge that he shouldn't know about government and scientific experiments and all this stuff and the wrong people get a hold of them. And that's about where I'm at now. But so far it's been an awesome freaking book and it just came out. So it's, you know, if it sounds similar to something you read, let me know because I'd probably want to read it too, but it's, it's called Jack four. It's by Neil Asher. If you're a sci-fi fan, you probably know the name Neil Asher. Uh, it's definitely worth the money if you like sci-fi. It's one of the best sci-fi books that, I, in my opinion, in the past two or three years. Wow, that's an amazing endorsement. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy that. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, Ara, what is making you happy this week? Uh, it is a tech thing because the Gboard, the latest beta update for Gboard after this week's feature drop was. Um, they have brought back the uh, the blob emoji in Emoji Kitchen if you use the uh, magic wand emoji and then tap, like, I think, like, basically any emoji, which makes me very, very happy because I loved the blobs from, like, Hangout and from that generation of Android. I was very sad when we went to, oh, we're going to use round emojis like everybody else. But but no, the blobs have more life to them. They're cute. So uh, I have those back and I'm very happy. Mix the poop emoji with all the things. You could already do that, Jerry. <laughs> yes, but I, I love I'm the good blob anyway. coffee. I love how the blob just looks at coffee the way that I look at coffee. So <laughs> it just really it's, reinforces it's that a very, I, it's I a have very, human blobs. It's a very accurate sticker. It has like stars in its eyes and shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that that's funny. Uh, I love it. Yeah, this is this is really. I love this edition. I'm a big fan of the blob. I know a lot of a lot of our readers are so. I'm glad Google's leaning into this a little bit. It's so easy to lean into it. Like, why not? I just wish that the stickers were easier to share because it's one of those things of it's still very app dependent. Like, I can't share them in Slack, but I can share them in Twitter. Like, come on, guys. Ugly little blob emojis are one of the most Google things ever. So, yeah, embrace the hell out of it. We all did. So I'm glad to see Google is. Well, my... What's making me happy this week is a movie. I'm sure you've heard of it. It's called In the Heights. It, yeah. Uh, I watched it on Friday night, ordered some pizza, just like decompressed for the week. It was just so joyous and wonderful. I loved the music. I'd never seen the the Broadway show. I I was, aside from like the basic plot premise, I was completely blind going in. I did not know anything about the characters. And I just really enjoyed it. I thought most of the music was was excellent. Some of the numbers were a little bit slower, but still kind of 
was very Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like you could tell that the continuity of In the Heights to Hamilton was like 100%. Um, and I, I really liked the cast. I thought um, the abuela, the, the, the woman who played uh, the Olga abuela, Marides, whose I think name's was the name. Olga... I I had her I had her and then I I closed the tab by accident. Marides or something, right? Or uh, Medeiros? I'm gonna find her. Olga Medir Meredes Meredes. She played okay. the role on Broadway for a long time. Uh, came back here and and reprised it for the movie. She was incredible. I really liked. Um, obviously, Anthony Ramos was great as the title character is Navi. I I thought like. The cameos from Brooklyn Nine Nine's Stephanie Beatrice was was great. Um, I really liked uh, Dasha Polanco, who was um, in uh, Orange Is the New Black. She was great as Kuka, and overall, I just I, I loved all the side characters, maybe even more than the main characters. I think they were excellent. It just made me feel good, and I have not left watching a movie feeling that good in a long time. So. Um, I highly recommend watching it if you can. What was your favorite song? Uh, 96,000, I think, was just an amazing <laughs> ensemble. Like, it was so upbeat and just like the the salsa vibes were really good. I just, I loved the set piece just as much as the actual song. And I don't know. I mean, I, the song that I keep listening, like I keep playing in my head is the opening song, In the Heights. I thought that was just a really nice introduction to the movie. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I probably got to watch it a couple more times. I also <laughs> watched um, Inside, Bo Burnham's new special on Netflix, which I have a lot of feelings about, but I thought it was also really good and worth watching. So I'll give you a bonus this week. There's In the Heights and Inside. Um, so that that is what I loved this week. All right. What I also loved was uh, being able to bring this to you, everybody listening. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. If you have any feedback, send us an email, podcast at Android Central. We love hearing from you. We love your tweets. Thank you so much for sending them. Um, I It just means so much that we have this really loyal listenership to this show. It, it makes makes me all warm and fuzzy. So thank you for that. Uh, you can find Ara at Ara Wagco. You can find Jerry at GB Hill. You can find me at Journey Dan. You can find all of us at Android Central. Stick around next week. We will have a really nice show for you. Uh, I can't tell you what it is yet, but it'll be fun. And um, until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy Prime Day if you're buying. And uh, have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Adios.